Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. I'm Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and official Toby Chaser. Official. Official. And uh, yes, we are we are recording from, oh my God, it's my living room. No <laughs> wonder I like it so much. Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm at the apex of my very own couch, sitting next to my beautiful and talented husband. That's me. That's me. <laughs> it me. Husband guy. <laughs> I'm Trevor Keyson. I'm a super chub. I am also in my living room. We're all in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, changing things up. Yeah. Episode 101. That's right. Re- starting anew. My name is Michael. I am a chaser. And uh, yeah, we got kicked out of my place. <laughs> <laughs> we were too boisterous. So here we are in Trevor and Dan's place. It's nice and echoey, but I'm hoping it gives us a, like a lovely warm sort of- You know, you say echoey, I say reverb. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, my name's Don. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood. And, uh, well, I, I guess I'll continue the theme and say that I, in fact, also am in Trevor's living room right now. When did that happen? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I just sort of woke up here. We, we opened the door and just, <laughs> <sighs> Katie, bar the door next time. It happened one day. <laughs> I have the ability to ooze under the door. I have no bones. <laughs> you know, it was, <laughs> huh. it was nice not having to uh, get carried out of bed in my pajamas and tucked into the car by Dan. Yeah, that's usually how I get him to Michael's place to record. <laughs> little cup of, little sippy cup of coffee. <laughs> Drink this. Well, here we are. Um, well, we, as a quick reminder at the top of the show, our Patreon is still rolling true. and gathering much moss as it rolls down the hill. Yeah. And our first Patreon exclusive episode is live. That's right. It's live now. It's, it's me and Michael talking, talking, talking. Went up the day uh, uh, day of recording this episode, and uh, I think it's I think it's kind of good. And I think <laughs> I'm just, I'm laughing it's because better than bad. It's good. Um, Dan and Michael <laughs> well, were having some cognac drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I say I think because my memory of recording the episode is not what it could have been. I have a tendency to ply Michael with alcohol whenever I see him in my home. It's terrible. It's <laughs> I feel so taken advantage of. So it's not just Patreon content. It's exclusive content. It's exclusive. <laughs> It's the night mode. Um, no, but it was a lot of fun, and that is uh, what you can expect from us, along with another little surprise coming up soon. And related to that, June is going to be our next hiatus. Um, I know, I know, I know, I know. We do still have to take a hiatus, um, but I don't think it'll be as often as it used to be because we have Nick on our side. We will be doing one episode on June 1st. That's our last episode of the season, and then we're doing some more mini-sodes for Patreon patrons yep. uh, throughout the month of June. So if you're a Patreon subscriber, you will get to hear us during the month of June. That's right. <laughs> if that's what you yeah. want, that's what you're getting. <laughs> at so. our weirdest and most raw, too. Yeah, like- we're, we're making the Patreon <laughs> content a little more experimental. Have you seen my bar? I'm <laughs> quit. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, and, you know, the perfect opportunity to also mention our live episode at Bigger Vegas happening for attendees of Bigger Vegas on July 4th. First at 12 noon, be there, be square. On what date, Michael? July 1st. July 1st. July 1st. Friday, July 1st, 12 noon. But here we are, ready, ready to do another show. Um, shall we get started? Yes. Yeah, let's let's dive on in. We're... What's in the hopper, Trevor? <laughs> well, <laughs> our first item is actually from Don. That's right. Oh, really? Local, local news boy. Mm-hmm. Don, do you want to kind of set this up? I do. So there is a, a I, I, I am not really a part of the world of dance. I don't know it very well at all. Oh, you're being modest. Uh, but there is a <laughs> new type of dance hitting the scene called B-Funk, 
mm-hmm. which is basically a fusion of hip hop and Bollywood dance. Um, it looks amazing. It looks here amazing. in Los Angeles are the two mothers of the dance style are this uh, Shivani and Chaya who are based here in Los Angeles. And, and Chaya is this gorgeous bigger woman who uh, at first when I just saw her, I was like, oh, another sort of big and tall model. And then she started dancing and I'm like, oh, oh. And then what she's dancing There's is so yeah, unusual. It's wonderful. Yeah. Girl can move and the creativity of it is beautiful. So we'll post a couple links to, on our website for you to check out. Uh, I think it's very worth looking at. Oh yeah. It's cool to see like the fusion of, of cultures. Like, mm. the, and that's what they talk about is like, they're bringing their background and their heritage into their experiences in, in the United States mm-hmm. as well. And kind of combining, um, you know, Southeastern Asian and hip hop and all of that and creating a new and entirely new style of dance. And, they, they talk about, um, I think Shivani was talking about like, you know, people like the gatekeepers of culture online mm-hmm. who are like commenting on their YouTube videos like, oh, you're not, you're not actually Indian. So you don't get to blah, blah, oh my blah. God. Hmm. And it's like, you know, can we just chill with that? Can we just, can we just calm down? Because <laughs> like, first of all, she is like, not that it should matter. No, she's but, Indian American. So. Yeah. But her mother is yeah. from India. Like right. th- that's like, it's that kind of thing. It's yeah, like, exactly. th- it's not like she's just some random American who's like, by the way, this is mine now, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and also if you want to dance, then dance. I would have never really thought of marrying those two dance styles, but in seeing them kind of come together in this new fusion, it's I really, awesome. you, and like, I really see like how kind of like the dots were connected. Yeah. The motions and the energy just yeah. click with both styles. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I want to see more, more B-funk, more uh, hip hop, Bollywood fusion. Oh yeah. So celebrate Asian and Pacific Islander month with a little bit of uh, B-funk. A little B-funk. And enjoy. B-funky. So thank you, Chai and Shivani. Uh, next up, this is Dan actually sent me this and beat me to the <laughs> the punch. Gabri Sidibe was oh, featured yeah. in uh, Brides. I think she's on the cover of Brides magazine mm-hmm. uh, in all her uh, large life fabulousness. And what's the what's the tagline like? Uh, um, Gabri Sidibe doesn't plan on he- being a traditional bride. Oh no! And this feature has her in all of these different non traditional wedding dresses that are amazing they're exquisite. oh my god and they're you know it's not like oh it's the ripped jean wedding dress it's not no. like that kind mm-hmm. of subversive but it's just different takes for the larger body variations on the wedding dress mm-hmm. but made so clearly for her she inhabits mm-hmm. the dress beautifully the dress fits her beautifully and, and the article itself i mean I'm, I'm assuming i have not i will admit i have not read brides <laughs> before this point michael um, but I, I look okay well, you, I you have can borrow our stuff to do. <laughs> um but the article itself is first of all substantial i mean mm-hmm. they really but it's also it doesn't feel like it treats her relationship with her fiance any differently than it would any other mm-hmm. straight size couple mm-hmm. and it's it's very cool to see not only that they talk to her and her husband in a way that feels very sort of normal, I guess. No, is it normal the right way? I, it's, 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 go ahead. And, and the photos of them also are beautiful. stunning. Just like you see their love for each other and their relationship just fully on display. And they're not, it, like you would, you would think that some, like the photographer or the editor might sort of try and hide her body or her size or whatever in comparison to her husband. They just, it's just the two of them looking their best, loving each other. And it's not a, it's not like a niche 
publication. It's not like, no, hardly. you know, you know, it's not just for fat people. It's brides. It's for all brides. Yeah. She's I, one of them. I really love just the interview and her talking about like wanting it to be smaller, wanting it to be non-traditional and also like not knowing stuff, which really kind of made me think of me and Dan yeah, at our wedding, wedding yeah. of like, <laughs> what? okay, we're going to get married and like, let's do this. And like, oh, we need a cake. Like, I guess, how do we get a wedding cake? I don't know. <laughs> like, well, so, I got to say so much of our wedding was propelled by guests saying, congratulations. What about like someone said, congratulations. Um, is there a, is there a dress theme? And we're like, um, there should be a dress theme. And, it, um, and, and, and Trevor just right off the cuff came up with dapper whimsy is the dress. Yes, style. Yes. And so that just became the official dress style. Anybody, anytime anyone asked and we didn't know what it meant either, but it didn't matter. <laughs> we came up, we, we came up with some people. I feel like people, Oh, people rose to the occasion. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That I don't know. Uh, podcast listeners. If you've seen that photo of, of Trevor and me where he's in the blue checked shirt, I believe. Yeah. And I'm in the, darker blue uh, blazer with uh, a pink shirt and a white bow tie. That's from their wedding. Yeah. Mm. That and was, so the theme for the whole wedding became Alice in Wonderland because people started asking questions. We didn't know the answer to. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something you've ever given considered to like a theme for a wedding? If you were going to get married and uh, I had never thought that far. Star Wars. About it. <laughs> so, yes. Cinnamon buns on everyone's yes. head. <laughs> o- original trilogy only. <laughs> um, not really. I mean, I've thought about like, yeah, not really. I, I th- yeah, I've people. I've only ever seen like I really loved my both of my sisters are married, and I really loved their weddings, which were very very different from each other, but perfect for them. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea that a wedding is a party, like mm, yeah. like mm. the the like yes, it's there to like immortalize your relationship, but really, it's just a party to have fun with the people that you love and care about. And, mm-hmm. and that's how I would approach it. it it's interesting because I, because I'm an older generation, when I was raised, marriage was just not even on the radar. Oh, me too. I never thought yeah. once about a wedding. No, never. Um, and in fact, going to weddings, like I was often sort of like, well, why do I want to go see something that I will never be able to have for myself? Mm-hmm. I right? got that projected on me. Yeah. I remember I was having a pensive moment at my cousin's wedding and my dad came up to me and goes, yeah. You're never going to have one of these. It's sad, isn't it? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, totally not what I'm thinking about. Well, he but, just jumped in and assumed that. Didn't <laughs> he? Yeah, yeah. He just assumed that that's what I was being, you know, sort of melancholic about. I am surprised that that came from your dad only because it's your dad. And I would imagine it would be something just like more sour, plus terrible, like, yeah, weddings are stupid, aren't they? <laughs> I want to go home too. Weddings suck. That oh, actually, is, if you think about it, that's actually very sweet. Like he was trying to reach out to you in that moment. He <laughs> was, but he we were he was bonding over like he he always sort of considered my 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 gayness like you know he can't help it. It's like a birth defect. Mm. <laughs> and so this for a guy pity. of that generation, that for this was terrible. So this wasn't yeah. empathy. This was pity. Yeah, I think. And like, oh, you poor guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you poor guy. Dan's dad was not at our wedding. We actually didn't have any. Fa- we didn't I know have- a lot of people who like, this is a very hot take. Don't have your family at your wedding. It'll be a lot better. <laughs> I swear to God, that's what we did. We only invited, we, we only invited old friends mm. or people we really, really liked. Yeah. And there was no family. And that came, it, it, it kind of came from my dad who wasn't going to come. But it also came from Trevor's side too, I think. Oh, well, because like, <laughs> so my parents are divorced and- it's a whole thing. Like 
Yeah. It would be weird. Yeah. It would just be weird. And it would like, even be weird for your mother to have your father invited. Oh, it, yeah. And actually by coincidence, <sighs> yeah. my mom ended up having some like weird medical disaster the morning of my wedding. That's just right. Like a like medication thing that wasn't prescribed correctly. Mm. Um, so sh- that would have happened in LA at our wedding at our wet, like I, the morning of our Please. wedding. Like she's fine. It was, it was fine. So but our recommendation like, uh, is don't invite them. <laughs> don't invite them. They're just, a, yeah. It's, it's funny. That actually ties into the one thing I'd ever planned for my wedding. The one thing I ever planned was that I would need a mother wrangler, two mother wranglers actually. Cause my mom is, <laughs> she's wily. Is she, she's wily and she's very loud and likes oh to make God. very big public pronouncements like in the middle of plays or oh my God. graduations. Oh well, luckily she's got a speech at this event. Right? Yeah. And she is, and she, Oh, she would have issues with me marrying a dude. So uh, I actually had uh, two friends already assigned to my mind. One of them is like this sort of like Zen Buddhist, calm peace lady who I love. And the other is TJ storm. Who's this oh. gigantic action stunt <laughs> martial actor. artist expert. So one to talk my mother down and try and get her out of the room and the other to physically wrestle her out in a discreet way if possible. <laughs> That's it. the only about, plan I had for a oh wedding. Oh my gosh. Weren't you concerned about your mother like destroying your Zen Buddhist friend's mind? That happens. <laughs> it did? That happened. My, so my mom is a relentlessly negative person, right? Just relentlessly negative. Oh boy. And very religious. And very religious. <laughs> so the last time she came out to visit this Zen Buddhist friend of mine, I literally threw her at my mother. And so oh. just like, try and just like, give me one night of like relative happiness. Oh. And like, Every, my, my, my Zen Buddhist friend is projecting these wonderful positive thoughts. <laughs> and my mother is this social Aikido master, just like whatever kind, pleasant comment you can come up with. Like, wow, your son's really doing well for himself. Oh yeah. If only he could have been doing like this for the past 10 years. Oh my God. Like oh my God. every no. positive could be twisted to a negative right away. Maybe don't don't invite her if there's a wedding coming up. I was going to say. I mean, Trevor and Dan have a point. I yeah. Feel. I was even counseled by a cousin not to tell my dad. Oh, oh really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, and I thought that was a bit far just because, like, it's a hell of a thing not to talk about ever for the rest of his life. Mm. Uh, well, and, and we did, like, we did send wedding announcements to family. And, like, I, think I mean, sent, I think we sent one to him. Did, you know, we did. Yeah. Well, cause, because I think it was the back and forth. It's like, well, like for sending them to everyone else, he might. <laughs> He's gonna hear like, about it. Well, exactly. yeah. well yeah. and that was the thing. We sent wedding announcements. We did not send my family invitations. We sent mm-hmm. announcements. Hey, I still got a little Le Creuset from my aunt. Oh, I've gotten a lot of use out of that thing. That's great. And that's something that's <laughs> like, mm, it's one of those items where it's like that. Put, another tip: put a Le Creuset on your <laughs> your wedding list. Someone will get it. <laughs> it's a great. It's it's a perfect thing. I think you need to have a, a link to La Crusade now because yeah. most people won't know what that is. La Crusade <laughs> promo code. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the big fat gay La Crusade. <laughs> fat gay 2022. <laughs> and 2022, we're rolling. <gasps> it is. It, it, it is. It's, it's 2022. I got it right. You got it right. Fat Watch 2022. Wee. And <sighs> this. This piece, so shout out to a listener. I'm not going to name them because I think they would like it, but I also don't, I'm, you know. We're not expecting we, Yeah, we're usually they, careful yeah. about that. Um, a listener shared something from Caleb Luna, the author of um, Revenge Body that we talked about in a previous episode. A book of poetry. Um, and this is a piece from, uh, is it Salty? Uh, yes, yes, Salty. Uh, salty. By Mary Southern Espina. 
Yes, called Why I Embrace the Fat Fetish Community. Or Marie, I think it probably. This is this is excellent. Yes. Kind of like an op-ed, I, I would. Like, yeah. this is written yeah. in the first person. Yeah. It's by her about herself and her sort of experience in, specifically in the fat fetish, in quotes, the fat fetish Can community. I just say, I loathe that term. It's it is inaccurate. In, well, it's inaccurate. It's yeah. inaccurate and the only purpose the word fetish has in this context is to be pejorative. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's sort of like saying, you know, you know, why I think fudge packers aren't that bad. You know, it's, <laughs> like, it's just, it's just the, the, anyway, I can, if you want to know but more, I, you can I mean, to be clear, Dan hates everyone in the candy making industry, not <laughs> specifically fudge yeah. people. But. Well, I think it's appropriate. Family because- friendly, Dan. <laughs> Goddamn Keebler elves. When have we ever been family friendly? <laughs> I think it's appropriate in this case because it is talking to people who are like this. I feel like the target of this piece is people who are like, oh, the fat fetters coming. The people who are going to use that pejorative, Mm. yeah. She opens with a really, I think, the most poignant story she possibly could, which is that when she was when she was young, she was in 10th grade, she was 16 years old, um, already, you know, fat and had her first boyfriend who, by all accounts, was was excellent. He was respectful. He was handsome. She was into him. He was into her. He let her sort of set the pace of their sort of, you know, growth and development and exploration and romance. And then at some point, a friend of hers, after a a while, like five or six months, a friend of hers said, uh, you know, do do you think he's one of those creeps who gets off on like bigger girls? Oh, my God. And it stuck in her head because, of course, she has heard the whisperings about fat fetishes and, you know, like how you know, gross that is and how like you're only, you know, if somebody's going to be into her and her gross body, they've got to be into her and her gross body in spite of it and not because of it. And so of course this got in her head and she broke up with her boyfriend because Mm. of it. And I think that just, it's very easy to experience that kind of. Well, and then, and then think about what that young guy takes away from this, Mm -hmm. which is, this is a terrible thing to be and I must either fight it or never admit to it to another soul again, lest I be called a chubby chaser and women will break up with me all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And she also touches on some things that I, I appreciate because you know she talks about representation or lack thereof of mm-hmm. chasers in media where like this is where people are going to get their ideas. Mm-hmm. Like unless you know yeah. somebody personally who is brave enough to be an out chaser and to sort of educate, which is another step beyond that. Yeah. Um, you're going to get most of your ideas from just, you know, common wisdom. In well, well, as we talk about on the podcast all the time about representation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she points to things like, um, what was it? Feed, Feed the movie. And, and uh, Diet Land. And Diet Land where the, the, the depictions are, you know. Monstrous. Monstrous to the point of being murderous in the case of the movie Feed. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but that chasers are either are are fetishistic rapists or yeah. or or psychopaths. Yeah, and and it's all about her journey of basically getting past that and finding fat activism and using that as a way to accept that she doesn't have to try and she doesn't have to seek out people who love her in spite of her body mm-hmm. and having very mediocre sex with those people. Um, and can in fact go out and find people who are excited by her and are into her for how she looks. That's something that really spoke to me because I remember kind of that turning point when I was in college. I was on Bigger City and everything, but I was also on OkCupid. Mm. And like there are chasers and stuff on OkCupid, but 
there was this guy I was talking to and I was like, oh, so like you're into bigger guys. Like, well, I like all kinds of guys. I'm like, okay, but (laughs) you're attracted to bigger guys. It's like, well, I just like all types and like, well, because he's been trained by the experience that, but like, I don't think, I think it was really one of those things where it's like, well, I just like, like it, it felt very much like, well, I like you despite the fact that mm. you're bigger. Mm-hmm. Well, or does, or, or, or he just, has he just been trained that you never admit to that? Ever? I don't know. I was just like, I, I want someone to like be into my body. Yeah, I want exactly. someone to be yeah. like, and she talks about this. Like, I want someone to like be attracted to me and like, think I'm super hot. And I don't want this like, Oh yes, I, you're attractive. I had the experience of being not in a relationship, but like, you know, a, a friendship that was growing with somebody where I thought he was attracted to me for both me and my body. Mm -hmm. And then sort of found out at a certain point that he wasn't really that interested in my body, but he was like, he was into me as a person. He he could go with it. Yeah. Yeah, But, and, and for me, I agree. It was sort of the same thing of like, so, but that it's, it's not about him at that point. It's about me thinking like, you're not attracted to me. Do I need to make adjustments about myself? And then, not liking that I was thinking that way, mm. oh. you know, yeah. but, but as you say, that's not really about him. No, that's about me. Yeah. Mm. You know? Mm. Well, and so often I like, this will come up in seminars uh, that, that I give usually not so much like it at places like bigger Vegas, but it will come up in uh, if I, if I talk to like gay youth or if I talk to something a little more civilian oriented where they're like, well, you wouldn't want someone who just loved you for their fat. I'm like, that never happens. I mean, unless it's a hookup, right? Sure. Where you yeah. know, and where where someone's in like, someone's into your pecs, someone's into your dick, someone's into your oh, I don't know, your eyes, your hair, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, no one who loves you loves you for just one thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, what I what I counter with is very often what a lot of people are looking for because they would never date a chubby chaser. That would be awful. One of those is, so I said, so you're looking for someone who dislikes your body the same way you do. Someone who has the same relationship with your body, someone who has the same relationship, which is usually hostile, same relationship to your body as you do. So that, you know, and it's funny because I was talking to this, uh, to this one woman and she talked about how I don't want someone to like, you know, get off on my fat and like touch me like that. Oh, I said, so you don't want them to touch your body there. I'm like, well, but I don't, don't want them to avoid it because then it's cons- like, so you want them to not avoid it, but not, but avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, it just mirrors this whole it, dance. It does seem like you're setting up this damned if you do, damned if Absolutely. you don't situation. Mm-hmm. Where, no matter who you end up and with. Experienced chasers know this is true. It's like, you know, approach mm-hmm. with caution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she, I think she, ends the you know it's a it's a substantive read and i highly recommend it and she ends it with uh after all of this you know and her journey wrapping up to the point that it's wrapped up uh and it helped me have much better sex too yeah like <laughs> that's i think that's an objective win right there that, that, that yeah. is that is actionable that is something you can point to as being worthwhile so yeah don't don't write chasers off as uh fat fetishists because First of all, not accurate. Second of all, reductive. So thank you, Marie. We have a, a very special main subject today, which Dan, oh I God. think, of the four of us. <laughs> I have so much so to say. This is a, a Patreon uh, mailbag. That's right. And Dan, when I, I read this to him, 
got so excited. <laughs> he like started like, oh my god, like pulled out his laptop. I was like, da, 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 da. <laughs> okay, like Dan, like no, I, I it's did. not it's not time for the episode yet. Like, <laughs> well, it was such a beautiful and necessary and useful question. So, would you like to read it? I can. Read no, it. you should read it. Okay, Just go in front of you. Let's read it. I have it right here. Uh, so, our listener writes, "Hello, folks." Hopefully this makes it to the mailbag. Zipper sound. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Don will appreciate that especially. <laughs> Giant zipper sound. Um, me and my partner are going to Bigger Vegas for the first time. So am I. We've been having conversations about wanting to play around with other people. Wink, wink. This is perhaps for Trevor and Dan, the question. What questions can we make to each other in order to figure out how far we can take it? Or how can we find out what level of playfulness to allow before being uncomfortable? We have started to be more flirty to strangers on the bars and have already given each other permission to make out with whomever we want. We're not sure on what to do or how to wrap our heads around letting our partner be sexual when the other is not around. And one more question for Michael. Hmm. <laughs> How did you and other Michael, my boyfriend, plan on navigating this event since I know it will also be your first time there as a couple? Don, could you turn up the temperature on that hot seat? <laughs> um, so we got a lot to talk about, but I think with the number of times that uh, Trevor and I have had to tell Dan to like save it for the episode, I think we just need to like unleash him first. Oh and my then goodness. we will we will create the conversation around this. <laughs> run free, Dad. Run free. <laughs> well, there's so much to say about this because on the one hand, it's very specific to this couple and this event. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it gets as wide as, well, what about non-monogamy in general? Mm-hmm. Like there's a, you know, it just, and I think what distinguishes the situation for this, you know, this, this writer and, you know, maybe for you and, and, and Michael, Michael, mm-hmm. the other Michael, Michael, other Michael, the other Michael of the <laughs> McKelly is, you know, you're, you're, we're approaching an actual date by which certain things at least need to be talked about, not necessarily decided. And I'll talk about that in a minute, mm-hmm. but certainly talked about. And so it's, it's very, uh, it's very at a particular place at a particular time, mm-hmm. as opposed to, yeah, we're thinking about it maybe someday. Oh, la, 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 la. And so I, I kind of wanted to frame a couple of things. Again, I'm not, this isn't about giving an answer. It's about giving a framework to think in. Mm-hmm. And Which I think is kind of what they're looking for. Yeah, well, because yeah. there is no answer. Yeah. There's no answer. Um, but really, you, you need to start from the point of view of what's the purpose of the conversation. And that may seem obvious, but it, I think it, it's worth articulating that the purpose of the conversation is yes, it's on the one hand to avoid hurt and guilt and regret of doing something that you, because you know once once you do it, you can't take it back. And did that yeah. offend the other partner? It's partly that, but it's also this conversation has the opportunity to deepen the relationship. Yeah, because you will absolutely know the other person better. And quite frankly, I think if you're going to this event, it's different than just the normal non-monogamy conversation that maybe one partner brings up if you're both you've both agreed to go to the event so it's both on it's on both of your minds you probably already agree on a lot yeah mm-hmm. fair I would so say. i mean I, I would say that's the first thing uh and the other thing is remember you are never going to lose your partner because they did or didn't have sex with somebody because the root of most of the insecurity around this is like but what if they find somebody better what if i somebody find somebody better that's not gonna be how it goes you're not going to, you know, your partner's not going to have great sex with someone and then say, okay, found someone better, but bye. That's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. 
it's not that people don't leave people. It's that it, that's never the reason at right. its heart. That's never the only, that it is never the sole and only cause. That's more of a, a symptom than a cause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so kind of get that out of your head that this is going to cause something irreversible. That's just not the case. And I would say just generally, the last thing I want to say is the way to have the conversation is just using the, the, the sort of journalistic uh, interrogatives like, okay, who does it make a difference with whom we have sex? Does it matter if I know them? Does it matter if, because, and, and of course, you know, if you're a couple, you might have met this person, this third person together. So you will know them to some extent. That's, that's logical. Mm-hmm. So think about who, uh, if that matters, what if it's a person you know from the last time you were at this event? This may not be for this couple, but mm-hmm. so who, uh, what? Are there things that are allowed or not allowed? Uh, for some people, okay, well, you can have fun times with them, but you know, I don't know if you want, I don't know if I want you to fuck them or you don't care, or maybe it's kissing. And, I mean, the, and, the fact that they've already kind of gotten over the the makeout threshold, which I feel yeah, like exactly. is a big thing for some guys like, well, no kissing or like seeing their partner kissing someone else is like causes a fracture in yeah. that, that okayness. I could see that. I would also add to that. Uh, the why of the question. So like if, for instance, okay, no, you, you know, you can do whatever you want, but no fucking, I would also look at why. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you know, if that is a problem for you, like why is the it a problem? Why, yeah. The why of that is the real, like that is the root cause right there. So, like, so, yeah. and I love that you brought that up. Cause here's, here's what I would say is a practical litmus test for that. Yeah. Cause people are going to be in their heads about why here's the practical litmus test. If you found out or whatever that, you know, your partner is having anal sex with this other guy and you're like, oh my God. Okay. Okay. Put a pin in that. Now, what if you had anal sex with some other guy? Is that okay with you? Because if that's okay with you, but it's not okay if your partner does it, that's a sign that this is not about anal sex. Yeah. This Mm -hmm. is a sign again about usually insecurity or what's good for the, it's that double standard. Of like, I'm allowed to have sex, but you can't have sex because yeah. you're gonna you're gonna do blah blah blah. And <laughs> I agree that I have to, just to go back to the whole idea of this conversation leading to bigger and better things for both people involved. Absolutely. I had a heterosexual friend who she had a conversation with her the first boyfriend that I met, where basically she wanted an open relationship where she could go do whatever she wanted, but he would stay monogamous to her. <laughs> right? Oh boy, that's what she wanted. And I, she was upfront about it. She was honest about it, and that was not something he was comfortable with. He left. She had <laughs> that conversation with her next boyfriend, and he was totally on board for that. Like it, that was yeah. kind of a thrill for him. I can't tell you the number of times that a chaser yeah. will say, "Oh, absolutely, honey, I want to be completely monogamous." And what he means is he wants the chub to be completely monogamous. Yeah. <laughs> but the point is, if if you are open, you're honest about the things that get you going, you might find someone who is very compatible on that respect. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. no matter how outrageously insane it sounds to you in your own head, you know. Yeah. The other the other test you can run on your head is so let's say you're in the situation and you you have an opportunity to do something and you're not sure if your partner would be okay with it. Mm-hmm. And for some reason it's inconvenient or you don't want to ask. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times people are like, you know, if I ask, I'm going to get the answer that I don't want. <laughs> yeah. And but but other times, you know, we also know that it's often easier to ask forgiveness than permission. Mm-hmm. So here's the test. If you're going to have to lie about it, don't do it. 
Yeah. If you are dreading the conversation in which your partner finds out, don't do it. You already know. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if it's like, yeah, well, it's, you know, I, I could, I could see how I would say this. Like if you're, if you're okay with divulging it, that's a, that means it's in, you're in a better place about it. And it probably means that both of you are in a better place about it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, the other thing, the other interrogatives I want to bring up is, and, and this gets really into the nitty gritty that you never think about with events. How? Yeah. How are okay. you going to hook up? I mean, Trevor and I have been through so many events. It's not like you mm. want to say something. Go ahead. Well, just the, there is this thing, this is true at events. And I feel like everywhere it's like, no one can host. Really? Well, cause it's like, well, I, we can hook up, but like they're non-monogamous at the event, but they can't hook up in the hotel room. And, and if you could pause that a second, think about, this is my other question. My other interrogative, where, where are you going to hook up? Mm. Because let's say that you and your boyfriend decide to be non-monogamous, but you can't bring anybody back to your bed. Well, okay. Then where is it going to happen? And yeah. if everybody at the vet has the, it can't happen in my bed policy, nobody's having any beds. <laughs> I guess, I guess that goes into like how many couples are there versus singles? Well, sometimes roommates will have this agreement. Yeah. I, oh, I've run roommates. into roommates who are like, well, don't okay. bring anybody back. Cause I don't want any stranger got it, in my got room. It, got it, got it. Okay. We well, are li- really limiting things. And so, yeah, it, it gets the how, and yeah. like, how are you going to schedule this? For example, mm-hmm. you're in the, like Trevor and I are in the pool, let's say. And Trevor's making out with some hot chaser. I think what probably happens if you see me is you'll either say, hey, I'm going back to the room for a few. And I get, because I can see the guy in tow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like looking at me, like looking at Trevor, looking at Trevor. Is this okay? <laughs> well, or he's just completely smitten with Trevor and he's like unaware of my existence. Not even, yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of those two. And so, or sometimes... You know, like I'll, I'll look around and Trevor's not there. And I'm, remember you're in the pool, so you don't have your phone usually. Uh, okay. That's why I'm bringing Ooh, up the pool. Yeah. Uh, and so I will look at my phone afterwards and Trevor has sent me a text. Got it. Yeah. So th- this happened, I think it was the last bigger Vegas where th- I was maybe going to have something. Oh yeah. And Dan was current in, in, in the middle of something. And I just, <laughs> it was, you know, Saturday night at bigger Vegas in the pool. People who have been to the, will know. So like hours go by without me knowing and I have not, and I like phone is in hidden away in a bag, like under a tree, under a chair. Mm. Cause I have, you know, my, my uh, phone in it and I don't want my phone stolen. Yeah. And I finally get back to it. And like in trying to get to my phone, people keep stopping me <laughs> to talk to me. Someone stops me and talk like, has like an hour heart to heart with me when I'm like giving <laughs> advice, and I'm, like, try, okay, like, but also trying to wrap it up. And <laughs> I have these messages from Dan, like, hello. <laughs> where are you? No, where are you? I would like to come home now. <laughs> so, like, that is something to be mindful of mm. communication. I actually, one of the like things, I, you know, I have an Apple Watch now. And one of the things I was like, ooh, if I get the cellular thing, I can have my Apple Watch at the pool and be uh. able to get text messages and also like not have to find someone who has watch your phone to find out what time it is mm, during right. the weird like yeah. time sink late night pool thing where it's like I ask someone and it's like oh it's been five minutes and then I like turn and I go to the other side of the pool and I ask someone what time it is and it's two hours later <laughs> <laughs> well because you, you end up talking to people and mm-hmm. uh. you know and, and the pool is the pool is like in a different dimension of time mm. <laughs> is it because of the sheer mass involved where like <laughs> yeah it's like the gravity distortion it must like be once it must you're be. 
you know, once you're in space, time works differently. Well, I think it's just that like when everybody gets out of the pool at the same time, whoever's the last one in, like the water levels drop below the ladder. So they just can't yeah. reach it. Oh, I see. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say the water collapses in on them and they get condensed down to a singularity. <laughs> yes, it, the event is like interstellar. Okay. <laughs> I've seen interstellar. I can wrap my head around that. Um, but you know, basically my point of view is yes, you should be having this conversation. Don't be concerned with too much rulemaking. Okay. Because yeah. then it starts to feel oppressive and resentful and like, well, what if you don't want to make that rule, but the other person wants you to make that rule? And it becomes this icky pressure conversation. I, I, I would also say that having been with people who have a lot of rules, yeah, it ruins the experience for the person you're hooking up with. Where they're going to be like, <laughs> well, no, wait, I can't do this. I can't do this, but I can Got do it. this. Trying to explain everything. Yeah. And it's like, and I'm like, why? It's like, well, because that's the rule. Why are you rubbing my elbow? It's the one thing left. On <laughs> yeah. <the laughs> yeah. It, it, it tends, it's kind of like hooking up with someone who's, you know, uh, on parole. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and when, and I'm saying, yes, you're going to have some rules, but those should be the ones that you both enthusiastically agree on. Mm. And the others, you know, maybe make it case by case. Or maybe, may, and you know, this is also a, a, a rule. Let's say someone's uncomfortable, but they haven't got a good reason for being uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why it makes me uncomfortable. It just makes me uncomfortable. Well, then is it okay if it happens without your knowing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like sometimes, especially in, I, I don't usually believe in don't ask, don't tell, but it works for a lot of couples. Mm-hmm. Got it. And it's not my place to, to say otherwise. And in a certain, certainly in a time limited event, don't ask, don't tell does have a place especially if, you know, I don't know if I want, I don't know how I'm going to react. I don't know if I want to know. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well then just say like, okay, I'm going to disappear and stuff's going to happen and then I'll get back with you. And then what really helps that is what Trevor was saying, the communication of I'll be back by this time or I'm finishing up or I'm just in the shower, like kind of, so they have some sense of like that you're still, I can imagine you're still having a couple, you know, having a promise fulfilled in a situation like that no matter how simplistic the promise mm-hmm. would be very reassuring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how do you mean the promise of, so like, I know you're going to go with somewhere and do something that I'm not sure what I feel about. You make the promise that you're going to be back at five. Exactly. Right. To me, that feels like a reassuring thing. You know, like- the, the one that, that Dan, you've mentioned before that I really, really like is that you're not spending the night. with. That's somebody. a big deal for me. And it's, it's kind of my rule for me though. Mm-hmm. Like if Trevor, I don't know. I'm Trevor and I've never, never talked about it. I don't think we have like the whole spending the night thing. I just know that usually, so I'm not going to, if I'm out of town, let's say I'm in New York, but Trevor isn't in New York. Mm-hmm. I easily could spend the night with a guy. Mm-hmm. And the reason I don't is one, it feels a little too coupley for me because I have a partner and I love my partner. It's a little, but it's for me. This is a rule for me. Sure. And two, I don't think I want to wake up with the guy. Hmm. That's okay. a, that's a huge, that is a whole other, like that's, that's, that's on the way to couple them. And again, it's not about if Trevor will be mad at me. It's about, I'm not comfortable for me doing that. I feel like a lot of the insecurity comes from the blurring of lines mm. and, and like not necessarily understanding where your place is when you make these changes. Like, where do I still stand with you? if we're going to do all of these new things in this new situation. Mm-hmm. And like Don was saying, like coming back to know, like this is still us and like, this is still our dynamic and like, we will still go to dinner or like we can still, you know, wake up together and get breakfast together. Like, mm-hmm. like having those kind of foundational things that you would have in normal life 
to come back to yeah. feels like it gives you stability where I think insecurity comes from not knowing. It and comes from question marks. Exactly. And you don't have to make it weird. Like, let's say, let's say you, you love the opera, but your partner does not love the opera. Mm-hmm. Your partner does not want to go with you to the opera, is not feeling particularly left out that you went with a friend. But you would still communicate things like, okay, I'm leaving now, but I'm leaving now, honey. Okay, I'll be back around this yeah. time. Oh, no, uh, my friend and I, we decided to get waffles after the opera, so I'm going to be a little bit later. Like, just communicating that. Mm. So you still feel like you're in a couple as opposed to this weirdness, this blackout. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, this this hugger-mugger. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, and it is worth spending a little bit more time on the when. Okay. So when are you allowed to hook up? For example, okay, we're both in the pool. That seems legit because the pool is often the entree for sexual activity. Mm -hmm. But what about this? What about you and your partner have, you know, you've talked about going out to dinner Thursday night. How acceptable is it for one of you to get a date Thursday night and the other one to make other plans? Is that sacrosanct or is it discussable? Like, what, how do you feel about prior commitment? And and it will absolutely depend on the prior commitment. Having tickets to a show is not the same as yeah. we should try out that restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. So I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of opening the door for, I'm hoping not paranoia, but just like, how would I feel about that? What about this? And it's hard if you've never been to an event because you, you don't know what's going to come up. Mm-hmm. But if I think if you stick to those those journalistic questions about who, what, where, when, how, why, then I think that is a nice way to frame the discussion. And no, you don't have to make it through everything on that list. Because mm-hmm. again, the point is not to make rules. The point is to deepen the relationship and have a better understanding of your partner. Mm. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. I, my, uh, to, to get to the second half of this question. Um, yeah. My, the, to the degree that Michael and I have talked about this, uh, my sort of request has always been, I just, whatever we settle on, I just want to know that we had the conversation and that we're going into this on the same page. So you don't want to be surprised by an upset. Yeah. Cause I think it's that, I think the uncertainty or the questions or like, like for me, just in all aspects of my life, not just relationships, but like having stability, mm. having like a, a firm foundation to stand on, um, is, is really, really important. Like yeah. I, I just need to know that things are stable around me. I think that's because of a thousand different reasons in my history and my, the way my brain works. But for me, if I know I have a foundation, it makes it really, really easy to deal with things in the moment as they come up that maybe you didn't talk about, but like we, we have had the conversations. And so now I know going in like, okay, in Vegas, whatever it is we decide, oh, he's got a question about this. And it's like across the pool and he's like, you know, doing hand signals to see like, what is it, what is okay here? And it's like a nod and it, like, okay, yeah, go do, yeah. Like you, you, you jest, but that in fact does happen. I, I'm not, yeah, I, I, gen, I would not be surprised. And so like, but having talked about it ahead of time, that to me is the only real requirement is not only talked about it, but then settled on something that you both understand and feel good about. Like mm-hmm. that to me is primary. I feel like I've always said this, my goal, my really my only goal for going to my first event is to engage with the community in a way that I never have before. Like I want, even though it terrifies me, I want to meet people. I want to meet podcast listeners. I want to meet non-podcast listeners and just feel like I am in the community instead of on the outside looking in. 
which is how I have felt my whole life for so many different things. Mm. And I, I'm recognizing the fact that I'm putting myself outside of my comfort zone. And I think that the benefits will outweigh that anxiety. Yeah. Like, it's an, it's a new pool. I mean, to swim I'm, in. I'm single yeah. and I feel the same way. Yeah. 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 Well, and I, I should say that, you know, I, at one point, and I may still do it in time because I've got several weeks, but the protocol for how to hook up an event, you may think that's just simple and obvious. It is not <laughs> because it's a time-limited event with a whole lot of guys, and it's a little bit like dating on a reality show in, oh, in the fact that it is so unreal <laughs> and people and people get weird about stuff. And so just mm. basically- He gave me a rose. What does that mean? Exactly. No, <laughs> no, it's not going to be that, but it's going to be like, he gave me this glance and he keeps glancing at me. Is that something? Or is he just liking my shirt? Is he just looking around? Or or is he going to is he going to make a move on that? Because I'll be wiping my face all day. There's got to be something. <laughs> like, hey, I don't know what's going. on. Well, I mean, I can. Trevor can speak to this. You know, you there's this hot guy, and he keeps connecting with you, and maybe even talks to you. But getting that, getting from there to bedroom, boy, there's a long distance to cover there. There, there is someone. I don't think they listen to the podcast, but and they probably wouldn't know who it. They are. They wouldn't recognize but, uh, themselves. Uh, this guy who so much back and forth, so much like, okay, are we going to do something? And, but then also like they were going to be in LA. So like, okay. And it was kind of this thing like, okay, so like I get like, there's people that are only going to be at this event and they're going to be in LA. I'm in LA. It's going to happen later. I heard from them two years later. <laughs> oh, huh. yeah. I guess all I'm saying like, is <laughs> all I'm saying is nailing down a date is not as obvious or easy as it sounds. Got it. Yeah. And the only reason I bring it up in this discussion, because there's a lot to say and how to do that and not to get hung up on a guy and not to hang other guys up. Like don't don't make promises you're not gonna fulfill. Like, oh, I'll call you later. No, you're not. Stop it. Um <laughs> or you are and you're gonna say when. By when would you call? Anyway, imagine how much more complicated that gets if you have to check with a partner. Because all of a sudden the putting the logistics in place now depends on a third person. It was hard enough with just one other person. Who's probably not present. Who's probably not present. So it's not like you can just discuss it all there. I mean, if you're doing a three-way, that's easy. That's something else. That's something else. But if your partner's probably not there, so you already are like trying to figure out, well, when is a time to do this? And by the way, later is not a time. <laughs> a lot of guys will very sincerely say, oh yeah, yeah, later. Okay, what? no. That's not a date. That is not a date. That is a show of interest. Yeah. Let me ask, let me ask one question because I like to have both sides yeah. um, fully explored. So uh, some of the longer lasting open relationships I've, I know of and have spoken to um, have had periods where they've closed the relationship, mm -hmm. right? Um, for whatever reasons they, they did. So, when you're going to something like this, it sounds like I, I would be terrified to close the door at that moment of going to an event like this, because it's like, we're going to go to a candy store. Mm. Please do not eat any candy while we're there. Right. <laughs> do you have any advice for people who, you know, maybe you're moving in the opposite direction. We've, we discussed opening the door. Is there a way for you to safely close it without hurting your partner or? Well, I think an event is ideal for that because the event has an expiration date. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you say, look, we're going to do a trial mm -hmm. uh, and it's going to last five, five or eight days as long as you're in Vegas. <laughs> and what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But I'm talking sort of the opposite direction. Like you're already in an open relationship. The door is open and you're feeling insecure right now. Oh. When you go there. 
is there a way that isn't unfair to a partner? Like I'm feeling insecure right now. I kind of don't feel comfortable with you. I want to initiate a conversation about not being open during this time. I, I think it needs to back up. I think it needs to address the insecurity because I promise you whether or not they're having sex with the guy down the street or a thousand people in Las Vegas is not actually the issue. Mm -hmm. And putting rules and blinkers on your partner for that, you might want to do that, but it's not going to help. It's just going to increase the alienation factor. So really look at like, okay, so if you have been open, what have been the problems? Or like, there's a reason you're wanting to close it or, or mm -hmm. whatever, but really address that. And then the event can be a secondary conversation mm -hmm. because that, believe me, that is not the cause. That's just the, the trigger. That sounds like good I just, I, And I just have to say, if you are in an open relationship and you're going to Bigger Vegas and you close it for Bigger Vegas, <laughs> there, that's, a, that's a whole, yeah. there's a whole lot going on there. That's a, that's like, it's like saying I'm going to start my diet on the cruise ship. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I'm asking with Bigger <laughs> Vegas coming up, but I mean, yeah. this is sort of a broader question. Yeah. Personally, Michael and I are not going with the purpose of hooking up. It's really just like, I want to engage with the community more. I want to know, I want to build on the foundation that the podcast has built for me. That's, that's the main thing for me. Um, but yeah, like I like the idea of like having the discussion and making sure that you're on the same page. That to me is the mm -hmm. most important. Factor. And I, and I, I like that. And what I would also say, cause I've never had a, I've never had a one night stand really. Cause I keep making friends with them. And I see them <laughs> Dan, you know better. <laughs> so it's never, even if I intended it as a one night stand, it just never a one night stand or we're still in contact. It's just, we don't live in the same city. Mm -hmm. But I, I think it's important that you say, yeah, I'm not going to the event to hook up. And I promise you, one of the best ways to not get laid is to go with the agenda of getting laid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's, I think I'm sure, you know, as we get closer and closer to Vegas, we'll talk about it more. In fact, I, I can, I can already tell there's probably going to be a Patreon mini that digs a little deeper into some of this stuff. But, oh, there must be. Um, yeah, we, we've got, we've got some cool plans for that, but we're, we're getting late in the show. I think it's time to move on to a fabulous and fantastic bit for the day. Excellent. Well, since we went deep into weddings earlier on, I thought it might be interesting for us to explore wedding traditions from around the world today. Mm -hmm. um, so I found a couple interesting ones. Here we go. In the African country of Mauritania, a fatter bride is very desirable. Because of this, it's not unusual for brides to go out of their way to gain a few pounds so she can look her best at her wedding. What is a current way that a lot of them are trying to achieve this? One. Okay. Current. They pad their bodies on their wedding day and wear weighted ankle bracelets. Oh, okay. Two, they are forbidden, usually by their parents, from doing any sort of physical exertion for one month prior to the wedding. Hmm. Three, they swallow pellets made of pressed raw millet oh, that will expand in her stomach and not dissolve for several days. Oof. Or four, they attend fat farms where they are fattened up by professional fatteners. Uh... I I think it's the last one. Yeah, I'm going to say I think farms. it's the professional fat farms. Okay, we got two for fat farms. I, sure, just to keep it, we all <laughs> we win or we lose together, okay. fat farms. Uh, fat farms is, in fact, the correct answer. Wow. They have professional people, and at first I thought, like, oh, that sounds like sort of nice. And I, I, you know, like, just, just go somewhere, be pampered, and just eat for a long time. And I looked up some additional articles because I always verify these. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, no, these are not good places. Do not send, do not go there. They are. Okay. They sounded a lot more like the, uh, 
the foie gras making factories. I was going to say gavage. gavage yeah. <laughs> I, but I, I, I would, there are, we have a whole lot of listeners who would be totally into that. <laughs> well, make sure they, if you are interested in this, go read the articles first. Because some <laughs> yeah. of the things I read about that were not pleasant. Yeah, I would imagine. All right. Question two. Sorry, consent is sexy. <laughs> yes. Thank consent. you. Thank you very consent much. Consent is a big deal. Question two. In India, women born under Mangal Dosha, a Hindu astrological combination, are termed Mangliks. I'm sorry for mutilating the words here. Uh, and are thought to be cursed with bad luck, especially in marriage, where the curse is said to bring an early death to their husband. What must they do to break this curse? One. Marry a tree first and then cut it down. Ah. Two, bathe naked with her future mother-in-law under a full moon. Three, grow her own flax, make it into a rope, tie herself to her husband and then sever the rope. Or four, smack her husband at the start of the wedding ceremony. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think the first one. I'm going to go with marry a tree. tree. Marry a tree. All right. Marry a tree is in fact the correct answer. Yay. Um, Oh, that in a thousand. This is still something that actually is practiced to this day. A, wow. uh, a, fa- a like sort of a famous Bollywood megastar just went through the process in 2007 before. Well, how do you think we got that tree outside the window? <laughs> <laughs> I like picturing a tree in like a tuxedo top with a little bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Arborside. Question three. Poor little guy. Though we might associate France with haute cuisine, a certain stomach churning French wedding tradition known as la soupe is oh, about dear. as far from the cordon blue as you can get. Following the wedding reception, guests would traditionally gather leftover food and drink and put it into a chamber pot before presenting the newlyweds to drink, supposedly to give them energy for their wedding Oh night. my God, the Koreans do this too. Thankfully, <gasps> this tradition has evolved. How is it celebrated today? One, a traditional brunch is held before the wedding where the couple is expected to eat the entire meal in the bathroom. Ooh. Uh. Two, a small golden toilet is concealed on one of the tables at the wedding. If someone finds it, the bride or the groom must kiss the person who found it. Hmm. Three, the bride and groom are presented a drink made of champagne and chocolate in a toilet. Or four, an all chocolate feast is held the night before the wedding where the bride and groom are seated on toilets. Uh, I think it's the third one. Um, again, I'm going kind of, there's a Korean tradition where they put a whole bunch of gross things in a big container and at some point the bride and groom have to drink it. So I'm going to go with that third one. Wow. What was okay. the third one? The third one is the bride and groom are presented a drink made of champagne and chocolate I, in a toilet. I'm, I'm, I'm torn. I, I don't necessarily have any leads on these. I'm going to, I mean, I, I'm kind of leaning towards the third one. And if Michael, if you feel any, <laughs> we've been like, so united in this. <laughs> uh, sure. We'll, we'll let, I'll champagne and chocolate. Let's go for it. All right. And, you're going for that? Yes, because that was kind of my first one that's like, this is the most. Well, I am falling cool. down on the job today because you guys got the right Dang. one again. <laughs> I mean, Dang. I haven't really gotten any of these right. I'm just going. I'm following. <laughs> I'm letting peer pressure take the lead. I'm just whiffing all over the place. All right. <laughs> Final question. <gasps> this, is the, this is the tiebreaker, everybody. On the eve of some German weddings, guests of the couple will gather at the house of the bride and smash pieces of crockery in a... Tr- it, Specifically, no glass, has to all be ceramic, okay. uh, in a tradition known as polterbend, believed to bring good luck to the bride and groom. The couple are then expected to, to do what with all of this smashed crockery in their kitchen? Okay. <laughs> One, clean it up together. Two, 
walk across it with bare feet. Uh, uh. Three, take the broken shards and create a piece of art to be displayed in their house until their first anniversary. Or four, invade and annex their neighbor's houses. Oh. <laughs> See, part of me thinks it's walk uh. over it. But uh, the, the one with the make a piece of art, it kind of makes me think of how to make an American quilt. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that must have maybe come from somewhere. So I'm going to say the, the one where they have to make a piece of art from okay. it. Okay. We got one for art. I think clean it up together. I think clean it up together as well. All right. We got two for clean oh, it no, up together. Oh, no, Dan. Did we? Uh, Trevor right. guessed first. It's, it's, it's not, the, it's not we, that you're agreeing with us. We're both agreeing with Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we got two for cleaning up together, which is the correct answer. Yeah, oh, it's supposed to be symbolic that yeah. although it's difficult and problematic, if you work together in your marriage, yeah. you can get through. Anything. Sounds like a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> we have to have a party, and you break all our shit, and then clean. No, I would no, just... honey, people bring shit to break for you, <laughs> and then you clean it yeah, up. Yeah, they, they bring stuff that they break in your house. So basically, I'm going to throw a wedding, bring your trash with you, and then I'll clean it up yeah. for you. <laughs> well, you know, if you think about it, it's a really good institution because you get to you get to smash. All the all really, of those horrible, all the horrible wedding gifts, gifts you got at your wedding. <laughs> oh, that's true. So, Trevor, if people have invaded our listeners' houses and filled it with broken crockery, where can they go to tell us what they did with it? Well, we're on Twitter and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. Support us on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Big Fat Gay Pod. Yeah, we're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Five stars there. Five stars everywhere you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Leave us a review. It's a thing. Yeah. We'll do it. We like it. (laughs) See the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Yeah. Maybe you're a sentient little ceramic figurine. (laughs) Oh, no. And you've been on a car ride (laughs) listening to this. Now you're not really sure where you're where going. You're, going. <laughs> you're a little nervous. And why? And, and why are they all dressed up? The person. The car driving? stopped, and they're uh, they're pulling up to a house, and uh, you're you're about to get smashed. No, so. oh, watch out. 